Hello, I'm Net88. Welcome to my podcast where I chat to geocachers to learn more about this amazing game. When I travel, I like to use geocachers to help me plan my trip. Often a geocache has taken me to a spot I would have never found by myself. This has led me to a second style of episode where I chat to geocaches in other cities. We will hear recommendations for geocaches in the area, as well as any useful tips. Today I'm sitting down with KL Booth to talk about what geocaching in England and her town particularly is like. Thanks for sitting down with me this morning for you, uh, this evening for me, my first international guest. Thanks for coming along. You're very welcome. It's good to be here. And I guess that is the beauty now that most of my podcast recordings have to be on Zoom because of social distancing. But, you know, it saves me a couple of thousand dollar airfare to come and say hi to you. There is that. You can always do that later. Well, let's uh, let's hear all about uh, England and maybe I'll come over and have a, have a go. Absolutely. Um, there's lots to see, lots to do. So before we get into talking about uh, geocaching in England, when did you start geocaching and what got you into it? We started in May 2014, which corresponded with a visit from my brother, who you may know as P Prime and he came over and corrupted us all and uh, and that was really the start of of the end really. What did you like about geocaching? You know your brother comes over and shows you this weird hobby. What was it that got you into it? Uh, it was it was exciting. It was you know to find that you know manky little box and underneath a, a hedge you know it's a thrill of the chase definitely um, and it was nice to do it with with him of course him leaving the way it was quite good. I like seeing the smiley faces. <laughs> it's a happy thing I do like stats so um, I, you know I like to watch the stats change and that so that kind of got me going as well so within a month of, of starting I'd, I'd gone on to premium so I could actually see stats so that was that was a fairly quick transition with that but no I really enjoyed it it's um, both as a family thing but also as an independent hobby which I would do quite often after work and that just as a as a de-stressor a bit of fresh air so I think it was good for my health as well. Just go back a little bit you mentioned that you're quite a fan of stats what statistics in particular do you like to look at the most? I, I like just filling all the boxes um, yeah. so things like big fan of the jasmine that was something that got my got my interest really early on so so I've been sort of you know, working away at that as well. So that was, uh, I found that just very interesting. But um, but looking at the other things, you know, anything that someone produces the stat for, you know, I quite like. I um, joined up to the Project GC as well website because they got badges and badges are cool. So, um, so I do like that as well. And I guess it gives you focus a little bit. Yeah, there's different things that focus where I geocache, you know, whether it's where I am, whether it's um, a nice walk. But but sometimes, you know, the, the stats lead me to places and um, and I find real gems that way as well. It's also how I tourist, you know, via the uh, virtual webcam caches of the world. <laughs> they lead me to all sorts of interesting places. Speaking of being a tourist, that's pretty much why I started this new travel interview style of episode, because I love traveling and I'm really missing out at the moment with being able to travel and I think that there is nothing better to plan your travel than to talk to a local and I don't know about you but I don't have friends that live all over the world so that's why I've got you along today to talk about geocaching in your area so hopefully someone foreign who wants to visit is able to listen and have some great ideas from it. I guess that leads us into what geocaching is like uh, in England and particularly in your region 
where whereabouts in England are you from? So we are based in, in Shropshire, which is sort of midway um, between Birmingham and Wales, if anyone's got any idea. But uh, it's kind of in the middle of the country. It's definitely rural. Mm. Uh, we've got a lot of farming around us and not that many big cities. It's, you know, it's more small towns and uh, villages. Where we actually live is quite a small village. Um, so we're in kind of as far as in the middle of nowhere as you can get in England, which is never like the middle of nowhere in Australia. <laughs> you can't <laughs> actually look anywhere without you know, seeing a house really over here, but it's as rural as it gets. So the caching is a, a little bit more you know, spread out. You will need to drive if you're in the country. There's, you know, there's not really a, not really um, public transport like there is in the cities and that. But, um, but having said that, I mean, I think it's the big difference between you know, the UK and, and Australia is the distance thing. You know, UK looks really small, which it is um, as far as distance goes, but uh, the traffic will make you take just as long to get there as if you're yeah. travelling from a state to a state. So people don't travel the distance that they would in Australia just for a day. You know, you wouldn't normally do that over here. Um, but that's mostly because everything's so concentrated. You sort of fall upon an awful lot of things without going very far. Yeah, I, I haven't done a lot of city geocaching because I don't really like cities. So I don't go in them too much. But uh, I have been to London. There's a lot of virtuals and things, which I enjoyed. You know, we had to go and get my passport renewed. And with being an Australian, I had to actually go to the Australian embassy. So that was a, a day out in London for me, which was spent mostly geocaching and a little bit of official business. <laughs> but you can walk around there quite well to see quite a lot of virtuals. I do like virtuals. It's, uh, um, I think that might be the stats thing, trying to find them. Yeah, I think virtuals are my favourite type of geocache because generally they do take you to quite an impressive location. Yes, yeah. I, I travel to America every few years for, for conferences, for work, and uh, and well, obviously I absolutely go for the educational um, uh, opportunity. I do also <laughs> tend to stay an extra week and and, uh, and do a bit of travelling around, and that generally takes me, I, I look for virtuals, I look for webcams, I look for old caches and that and that's what kind of uh, brings me you know to really interesting places and places you wouldn't find you know they're not typical touristy places all the time and it's but um you see some really interesting things so what's the geocaching kind of culture like in england and shropshire is there anyone else in your area that geocaches do you guys have event what's the kind of community like there well it's 2020 so obviously no we don't have events <laughs> yeah what about 2019 what was 2019 like 2019 was definitely a better year so we have some um a local group in in england you have counties so shropshire is bordering on staffordshire um counties so we sort of border each other we're sort of towards that end um and there's quite an active you know group there we've got a facebook page and uh, uh they have meetings every every month somewhere usually um and then there's extra events around so the, the group is probably at the events is it's not massive maybe sort of somewhere between about sort of 15 and the 30 people maybe at, at most of the events you know other events can be quite small sometimes you know there's only a few people turn up uh, you know in this local area in, in Shropshire you know sometimes you do feel a little little on your own a little bit it's uh, particularly where we are a little bit more rural so there isn't that many geocaches around so most of the geocaches in my area the ones that we've placed which are very good by the way and they're worth visiting <laughs> 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 well that that led me straight into my next question for you which is do you have any geocaches you recommend people 
grab whilst they are visiting. Firstly, Shropshire, you've got some of your own geocaches. So what what one is your favourite one or two that you've hidden? Probably the, the best one is the uh, is a night cache, which to be fair, we didn't actually hide. We adopted it a couple of years ago when it was going to be archived um, because it was such a brilliant cache that uh, I didn't want it to, to be archived. So the easiest way to solve that was to adopt it myself. Um, so we're, we're really happy with that one. It's um, in some woods. I love night caches. When I was thinking about all my favourite you know, caches that I've gone to, you know, a lot of them are night caches, but sadly most of them have been archived, which is really, really sad. Um, when I was trying to come up with ones for people to visit, I thought some of my really favourite ones have all been archived, which I think is really sad. But I love night caches. I think because it's often a social outing when you go and do one, you meet up with friends and that, and, you know, and it's just, and the kids have a great time and it's uh, and it's just a lot of fun romping through the woods. So, yeah, I really do um, enjoy a good night cache. So that one's called Beware the Night Cache, and it's, um, it's kind of a spooky Halloween feel to it. So, you know, that was, you know, that's probably the favourite of the ones that we've got. Put a whole lot of other caches in the same woods, sort of, you know, normal caches and that. So they've proven to be quite popular as well. Um, we quite like, you know, quirky caches. You know, uh, uh, the ones that we set tend to be sort of, you know, a bit more like that, a bit homemade, but uh, a bit bit quirky. Um, I think that's some of my sort of favourite ones um, with that. So, uh, so we've got that series, which isn't far from us. And... Uh, so we set up a, a trail at a local community farm, which um, which has got free access to people. Um, and I set it up for the first half, very much designed for the new geocacher. So they're all sort of underneath the limits that'll show up on uh, basic people's apps and that, so they can sort of see, you know, a nice little walk around, see some caches and get them interested. And it's worked just like that. We get a lot of first time geocachers doing those ones, which has been great, you know, trying to trying to get people interested in, in the local area into it. Um, so that's worked. And then the second half of it is you know, a lot more sort of trickier ones, which are a lot of fun, which you know, anyone who's uh, looking at them will, will tend to come. They've all got pretty high favourite points. So they, uh, yeah, they like to, that tends to bring people out to have a look at them. But um, so that's been you know, a really nice sort of um, series that we've got there. We've got a few others. We like tree climbs, you know, nothing, nothing that requires um, equipment as such. But uh, my husband's very tall. So uh, <laughs> that sort of helps. And I have a teenage son. So, you know, it's uh, maintenance is sorted. You know. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. point <laughs> from the bottom. <laughs> it works quite well. I just think geocaching is, is it's you know, is, I think that really appeals to people. You know, it's it's get out there, have some fun for the kids to have fun as well, and uh, um, and you know they like something a bit interesting to look at when they find the cache. You know, not so much the plastic tat in it, but more about you know the, the actual cache itself. You know, if it's a bit of fun to get into, or something that you know where they've got to climb a tree or go in a tunnel or something. It's uh, definitely what you know gets my kids interested. There's water involved, even better. Uh, you know, they can swim or canoe or whatever it's a uh, um you know it makes it a lot more fun as well i think there is a virtual who's in in worcestershire it's um which is the county down from us and um it's the seven virtual railway one and i really enjoyed that that was an excellent day it's a really good tourist thing so they've got the old steam railway 
and the idea is that you get on the railway and you have to hop out and uh, take a photo at all the different uh, station signs on the way down there um, so it's you know it's kind of an all-day sort of trip down it starts in Bridge North and then sort of heads down and then comes back again but it's you know a proper touristy thing but we had a, a whale of a time went with a couple of other families and, and really really enjoyed that so we got all these stupid photos of us by railway signs on the way down you know you get yourself a virtual as one of the old virtuals as well and uh, but it was an awful lot of fun you know we like clever caches so you know when people have you know put a bit of thought into the puzzles and stuff and we've got a series called the plumber's mate which again is sort of down south a little bit about an hour or two south of us and it's uh he's a well a plumber and so he's used all the bits drain pipes and and whatnot to make all these puzzle caches that you know so finding them wasn't difficult but getting into the cache was a whole lot of fun and uh, you know so many of them there's about 10 12 i think in the series um so that was a really really nice sort of you know series to do and again kids absolutely loved it you know taking turns on how to get into them and, and and get the caches out so i think that's um yeah certainly some you know some of the favorites around here um i'm trying to think of london which one i enjoyed the most and while there wasn't anything to it i don't think you can go to london without going to paddington station and doing paddington dare because we all like Paddington Bear and it's, uh, um, <laughs> I think that's, it's very simple, but you know, you know, it's the bear, you know, you've got to go visit the bear. Uh, yeah. I think that's quite a cool one. I think some of my total favourites when we're on holiday down in Cornwall, which is lovely. You know, we you actually get a bit of sun there occasionally, which is quite nice. Mm. Um, so <laughs> there's a couple of earth caches there. Now I'm surprised I'm actually mentioning earth caches because it's not my thing at all in no way, shape or form. Am I a geologist? And I, I literally just, die every time I see one because it just doesn't come naturally to me at all but these you needed to canoe to around a bay into a cave and uh, and that was fun it was more about the journey than the <laughs> destination perhaps but it tried it the first day with our blow-up canoe in high tide with a bit of a wind going not a good idea broke a paddle and the camera stopped working we nearly we nearly capsized we gave up but then we went back um, a couple of days later with uh, actually hired canoes um, which was amazingly easy and we went in the low tide and uh, so that was good fun so we had to actually canoe around and and then uh, do the, the the whole sort of earth cashy stuff but um but again it was all in the in the hunt it was really quite fun and we found a little tiny beach there that we could sort of you know moor up to as well and have a look around which was uh, quite nice finding places in the, the UK where there are no people is quite an art form so uh finding somewhere that was you know that didn't have anybody there was quite a nice bonus that sounds like a great little group of geocaches i will add a little bookmark list to the episode notes with all of those geocaches in there so if anyone wants to have a look at those geocaches they'll be in a little handy dandy list for you i haven't been geocaching in kind of rural england before i have been uh to london and I did find the Paddington Dare geocache. It, is, it was one of about 20 that I found whilst I was in London. But is there anything that people need to take into consideration uh, whilst geocaching in Shropshire or England in general? I know that earlier when you said that you were geocaching in the woods, 
I got terrified about that because our woods are full of spiders and snakes and horrible things. Uh, is there anything plant or animal-wise that people need to kind of look out for? Yeah, I think it's probably one of the big difference between Australia and, and England or the UK in general. You know, in Australia, you know, the creatures are trying to kill you. In England, it's the plants, you know, and, uh, and you know, you may laugh, but, you know, when you come across the, the nettles and the, and the brambles, you will be going to find a pair of gloves before you go back. It's uh, um, the plants are, are horrendous, particularly in summer, because that's when they when they do you know grow up. In the winter, they're not there, so it's a great time to go geocaching to avoid the plant life. Um, but it's always wet and cold, so there is that with the mud. Um, but definitely the, the plant life in the woods, we, we don't, you know, that there aren't any creatures, certainly not up around us, that are going to harm you. We only have one poison snake in the UK, which is the adder, and it's um, down south more than, you know, than, than up. There's a few of the, the places, Canic Chase will have it as well, which is near me, but uh, they're very rare to find them. They're very shy and, and they hide away from you, and it's extremely un, unusual for them to to have bitten a person dogs yes definitely get bitten by them because they're curious beasts but uh in general you're not going to come across them certainly not like you would in australia but yeah certainly in australia you, you would think twice about sticking your hand in a hole and uh, um and pulling something out where it's not a consideration in the uk so i have actually you'll find there are a lot of caches in like holes in trees or under things and that's and nobody thinks twice about sticking your hand in for that but if you've got the nettles are a killer and, and the brambles will just they just trap you and wait for you to just rot and die. So they feed the feed the roots, I think. Sounds a bit like our lantana. <laughs> Hor horrible plant it is. Very pretty flowers, though. Um, <laughs> I think I would much rather plants try to kill me than animals. So I think that's another tick that England has for it over Australia uh, when I plan my next kind of big trip. You said that you hide your geocaches for a lot of the new geocachers. So do you have any advice for those new people just starting out in the hobby? I think my number one tip is get a battery pack for your phone because I worked out straight away is that, yeah, doing geocaching apps and that was a real drain on my phone battery. Um, and it's nothing like running out of phone battery before you're finished and you don't know where you are. So <laughs> you definitely want to keep that going. I think uh, plenty of people obviously use the uh, GBSRs and that, but um, I, I think most new geocachers wouldn't. They'd be on the apps and too fair, I'm, I'm on the phone. I, I'm, I don't use a GPSR. I'm quite happy with my CGO, which is my other top tip for um, for Android users anyway. If you've got an iPhone, well, get an Android um, and then get CGO. <laughs> because it's an awesome awesome app yeah and i think um having said that i do think the official app has probably come a long way from where it was back in the beginning um but i don't have any personal knowledge of that one you know whenever i've tried to log into that i don't understand it but uh, cgo i think has done a lot and they're always actively updating it so uh, so give them kudos for that. I think local Facebook sites are a really good idea. Um, if, you're, uh, if you're really starting to get into it and you want to know a little bit more, then over here uh, we have sort of a Facebook site for, yeah, for, for the different counties. They tend to have them, plus you know, West Mids is a bit bigger and that. But I think you know, wherever you are, find one that's relevant and active um, you know, for your area. And you're going to meet the people who you're going to meet out there, who you're going to see in the logbooks and uh, who you're going to see 
at events and I think that's a really good way to become part of the community you know and people to ask advice for and and just know about things like events and, and how to do really simple stuff which is really complicated when you first start you know and obviously go to events um you know if there's an event on go to it it's fun it's you know have a drink have a chat sign a logbook take a tb go home I might just add to that um taking battery packs for phones that if you are a gpsr user make sure you grab some spare batteries with you most battery chargers for reusable batteries have a spot for four batteries so just charge up two extras and make sure that you've got those two extras with you well thank you so much for getting up nice and early to chat to me this morning really enjoyed finally being able to meet you i've heard so many wonderful things from your brother so thanks so much for sitting down with me that's okay that's no problem um if you um I mean, just a little plug for an Australian geocache. If you were my absolute most favourite uh, geocache that I've ever found is the one called Black Ops, which is um, based down in sort of the Albury-Wodonga area. Um, and that is amazingly awesome and takes many nights and lots of, of work to, to get to the end and many miles travelled, but um, is the most amazing cache I've ever done. So uh, that's got my vote for anyone who's uh, listening over in Australia. Go south, go find it. I have made a bookmark list of all the recommended geocaches spoken about today. If you would like to be a guest on an episode and give some recommendations for your city, you can message me through my geocaching account. All the links are in the episode notes. Happy geocaching!